I was kind of, you know, coaching a little bit. Um, one of my friends daughters when she she was maybe a freshman in college and she was trying to lose weight and we were at a um, a birthday party and she saw me eat a cupcake and the look on her face she just couldn't believe it and I always said oh my god I said it's not about never having a cupcake it's about not always having a cupcake and I just said like I, I realized like especially in the DJ world I was at fancy parties all the time and so like they were always letting us eat so there was always a chocolate fountain there was always like bacon wrap scallops and then and tons of food all the time. And I would think, yeah, some people are at parties on occasion. You're at parties all the time. And so it's not like a treat, a splurge when it's like be- becoming your diet of what you're eating most of the time. Hello, friend, and welcome to episode 40 of the Feeling Full podcast. I'm Mordecai, an entrepreneur and coach who struggled with being overweight for nearly two decades. But since 2012, I've lost 130 pounds and I've kept it off. Join me and my guest today to discover how it's possible and even simple to lose weight with ease without going on crazy diets or without doing intense workouts. If you're ready to give up quick fixes and fad diets and build a fulfilling relationship with your body and food, then this show is for you. Today, our guest is Charlene Brazerian. Charlene is an extremely busy woman, an attorney, a mom of three, disc jockey, and writer. After losing almost 100 pounds, Charlene started writing about the lessons she's learned for women's fitness and on her own blog, FBJ Fit. In this interview, Charlene takes us back to the history of her weight, where it started, how she got to be over 100 pounds overweight, and, and her rock bottom moment that completely changed everything for her. She talks about how she navigated her weight loss, her mindset during her three pregnancies, and she shares her approach to health and fitness while juggling so much in life. Before we get into today's interview, I want to share one health tip that's really helped me um, around food, and it maybe will help you as well. So for many of us, the idea of never having a food that we love again is not something that we're willing to accept. I know that's the case with me. I just don't want to say I am never going to eat something again. So, you know, I created this rule called the 48-hour rule. You may have heard me speak about it before, but the idea is that you can plan within 48 hours to eat something that you really want to eat. And the reason why this works is because it's not impulsive, right? You're not making a decision from a place of feeling an emotion that's uncomfortable. You're actually planning to indulge. And I think there's a place and time for that to exist. And just yesterday, I ate two pies of pizza, not the massive pies of pizza that you'd buy at a pizza store, but I made them myself. And I, oh, I made them myself. I assembled them myself. I bought the sourdough based pizza pie and I put vegan cheese and sauce onto it. And I also had some Honey Mama's chocolate that I talk about, which is basically chocolate made with honey sweetener and a couple other healthy ingredients. And this, this, this idea of indulging once in a while is really helpful because it kind of itches the scratch of something that you really want to eat. So this helps me. I get to eat the pizza. I made it myself. I planned for it. So it wasn't something that was like impulsive. I felt triggered and I needed to eat. And let's not get twisted here. I do sometimes also overeat and this doesn't always work. But the idea of planning out 48 hours in advance or even further into the future, something that you really want to eat is helpful in many ways. Not only does that give you the space and freedom to actually eat foods that you really want that you may not normally eat, but also it's happening in a much more controlled environment. So I encourage you to to think about this. I'm not saying you should eat foods that are triggering for you or unhealthy, 
but this does help if there's something that you do want that you don't normally eat on a regular basis. All right, and that is today's food tip. And before we get started, it would mean a whole lot to me if you just take a few seconds to subscribe to this podcast. Not only will this ensure you never miss an episode, but you'll also greatly help with the growth of the show. All righty, thanks for joining, and let's jump right in. Charlene, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you today. Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we're finally here. So <laughs> I know I know you do so many different things. I would love to just start off by asking you, like, if I was to meet you and I haven't spoken to you yet, how do you introduce yourself? Um, I would say, hi, I'm Charlene Bazarian. I am a mother of three. I'm an attorney um, and a fitness and weight loss blogger and writer. And I also run a disc jockey company. So I kind of have the full gamut of <laughs> activities. Yeah, you're spinning a lot of a lot of plates. <laughs> what what consumes most of your time? Um, lately, I would say the fitness and weight loss blogging and writing is kind of where I'm focusing my direction. I mean, I still have my law practice and the DJ business with COVID has been a little bit, um, you know, not as much events are, are down. I'm just starting to come back up a little bit here in the Boston area. So, you know, I would say I really found my labor of love is my fitness and weight loss writing. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting and i think it's actually not interesting it's spectacular that you know you're a busy mom you know you have three kids you have this you know you're an attorney and fitness still takes like a really it's really prominent in your life right now which is really cool because i think that's that speaks a lot to your commitment to living a healthy life especially after losing what it's been 94 pounds is that right like oh uh, yep yeah, it's close it waffles up and down a little bit but nearly 100 is, is is how it goes at most i think it was 96 97 and then you know i give myself three pounds of wiggle room um as far as the fitness thing though like i have a couple of little like things that i try to always tell myself like maybe they're mantras but i always say you're no busier than a fit person so that's my excuse sometimes like when you get really busy there's it people love to confess how busy they are everyone wants to tell me they're too busy to work out and i always try to say listen uh, you know i i take care of my mom who lives with us i have three kids i have several businesses we're all busy and i just make my workouts like brushing my teeth something i just do without question and part of my routine and now it has become really part of who i am and I don't feel like now, like I call up my coffee before my coffee. And if I don't do my, like, something in the morning, I don't feel like I'm ready to start my day yet. So, yeah, it's such an important thing. And I think, I think that's, uh, that's such an important lesson. And I love that quote that you have. You're no busier. How does the quote go? You're no, a, busier you're no busier than a fit person. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's such a great quote. And I think, you know, it's really commitment, right? Everyone's got a lot going on. And I think we're all committed to different priorities that we have in our life. And I think it's like that speaks to the commitment that it takes, no matter what, how busy you are, that if right. you want to live a certain life that I think is actually quite different than um, society norm today, then you have to stay, you have to stay true and committed to, to your actual goals. So I think yeah. that's really cool. It's really true. And I always started, I, one of my other things I try to say is, you know, you make time for what's important to you. And I yeah. mean, clearly you have time to watch TV, you have time to, you know, sit around, like if you really look at your day, and you want to put in a half hour workout or more than, you know, a little bit more, a little bit less or break it up into smaller things, you know, you certainly can make that time and it, and it helps fuel you for everything else. I always find when I work out, I have more energy to do other things. So, you know, you have to look at how you look at it, I think is a, is a big role. Kind of like eating, right? We eat. So we have energy to do the, to stay alive and to do the things that we want to do to be able to be alive, to do the things we want to do. And it's like, you're looking at your workouts. Like if I do my workout, then I'm going to have more energy to, 
you know, be a better attorney, to be a better mom, you know, all the things that you spend your time doing in a disc jockey, right? And all, all. <laughs> right. And I and I think that, you know, the 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 food component, I always like to say, you know, like food has become entertainment now. And I think that not that you shouldn't enjoy your food, but really, aren't you like eating food to, you know, fuel your body to do other things? And now it's like you go out to eat, you meet friends for drinks, you, you know, go for appetizers, let's go for ice cream, you know, that becomes something to do. And I, I always say to my kids, I think people are starving for things to do rather than that they're really hungry. If you, you know, really take a look at it, why you're eating something. Yeah, food's a social thing. I think I think an interesting thing is food's definitely something to do, like go to ice cream too. But I think it's also a way we connect with each other is over food. It's very common for us to connect over food. And I right. think like for me, like one of the ways that I've dealt with that in my life is finding other things that nourish me that I can connect with. So it's like going into nature, going to a park, going on a hike and like connecting with people over other things that are kind of aligned with the goals that I have, as opposed to just going for food, just to kind of. Absolutely. For, you know, just to be able to be social and, and connect with people. And I try to do that also, as far as like, you know, I'll ask a friend, you want to go for a walk first? So let's, you know, maybe let's go get our nails done and then get something to eat. Or, you know, like I, you know, just try to break it up a little bit. So it's not all just, you know, sitting around, you know, eating, <laughs> So I would love to, I would love to take everyone back to your backstory. Um, if you can just start by sharing, like, what was one of the earliest memories you have of being that person who was close to a hundred pounds heavier than you are today? You know, I, I always say, I, and I think I still have this a little bit now is that whole body dysmorphia thing where you don't kind of really know where you are in the, in, you know, in the weight loss process. Um, I think that I knew I had to lose weight. I don't think I really realized it was half of myself um, for quite a while. And I think that I had a, you know, my story kind of is very similar to, I think a lot of people, you know, it was like, you know, I was probably average growing up. I don't remember like, you know, feeling, you know, particularly thin or fit, I'm just average, you know, and I, yeah. Looking at college, you know, you're going out to drink more like late night. So maybe put on the freshman 15 in college, a little bit more in law school. Then I got married and then I had my first son. And then I, I, I remember, you know, before that, you know, as far as my first memory, I remember being about 70 pounds overweight and I was sitting on um, the bed with my friend and I, in my room and we were just talking and I said, I have nothing to wear to this wedding I'm going. And I remember my eyes welling up saying like, nothing fits me, like nothing in my closet, not even my fat clothes, nothing fits. And I'm really surprised looking at that moment that that was not enough to turn it around for me. I, you know, I, I clearly gained another 30 pounds before, you know, it all, I, my aha moment, you know, but, but, you know, it, I remember like having that, that feeling and it was just awful and it still wasn't enough. And I had tried everything and I call it my Atkins to Weight Watchers tour. I had always, was always doing some diet, some, you know, I had signed up for something or joined something. And I would lose a little bit and then I would say, yeah, I got this. And then I would, you know, immediately gain it back again. So what was it about that moment when nothing fit that stood out so much? I, I think it stands out when I'm looking back now because that wasn't enough to do it, even though the total recognition of that, like I have outgrown everything I own and I'm sitting here with my friend who's in great shape. And, you know, it, I, that was not enough to like, you know, have me make a lifestyle commitment at that time. It wasn't until after I had my first son um, and I went to a day of beauty uh, at a day spa in Boston and I, I was trying to treat myself. It was supposed to be this like really nice thing that I was doing for myself. I mean, it was everything. It was like, you know, it was supposed to be hair, nails, makeup, the whole, you know, the whole bit. 
And I remember I got there and the um, receptionist was really, really rude to me because I had to go back when the robe didn't fit me. And it was a one size fits all robe. And I went back to the desk. And this moment is like frozen in my mind as being like, you know, the thing, the single moment that changed the trajectory of my life. I went back and I had to, you know, I just kind of like said, can, you know, can I have a larger robe? This one doesn't fit. And I just remember this like, you know, really, really long pause. And she kept making me say it again and again and kept saying like, I'm sorry, what? And, and, um, and I just, it seems like we just were in this loop of like the robe doesn't fit and her asking me to repeat it. And I remember when she finally got me a larger robe, um, I went back to the dressing room and uh, you know, like I was like tears of rage, but I was just like, I am never going to feel like this again. I don't care what I have to do. And, and that I just channeled that feeling anytime I, you know, even remotely felt like giving up, but that was the guy, I guess my final, like where it all clicked where, yeah, this is worse than you realize. And you don't ever want to feel like this. I kind of had like forgotten kind of who I was, you know, before, before like constantly dealing with weight issues. Do you ever think to look that woman up? Because it, always. Sounds, like, it sounds like she did you such a big favor. Always. And I, I, you know, I laugh about that because it's like, I always say I'm so, so conflicted. Like one, the spa is closed. And so unfortunately I will never get to go back to know who she, you know, who she was. Cause I actually have, you know, have thought like how funny this person changed my life and has no idea. The other thing is I always say that, you know, it was like truly a body and fat shaming moment. And you know, that that's so frowned upon that it's hard for me to be the thing that changed my life. Do you know what I mean? Like I would never encourage people to go and you know, be so rude to someone, but clearly, you know, I look back and say, well, had she sweetly handed you a larger robe with the fact that a robe didn't fit you, that was a one size fits all in light of that, how many large people must also go to the spa that that was, would that have been enough to, to spark this journey? And I'm not sure. I, you know, I, I don't know. So I kind of deal with that, that when people say like, oh, you should never body shame someone. I'm kind of like, well, I'm kind of glad she did that one time. <laughs> yeah, I totally, I, I could totally relate to that. So many, you know, for, so I cared a lot about body shame as well um, for, for a very long time. You know, you never, it's, it's quite hard to actually look at your, I mean, for me, actually, I speak from my own experience, but it was so hard to look at myself in, in, the, in the mirror when I was at my heaviest. That's a good point. And I always say that about uh, when people ask for before pictures, I have very few before pictures. And I said, that's either because I avoided getting my picture taken or I'm holding a child in front of me or I'm standing behind someone or just, you know, like, so I always, I always tell people when they're starting out now, really take a lot of before pictures. You really want to appreciate like, you know, how far you've come. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a true point. I don't have, um, I have a handful, but not as many yeah, as I, I have I about like. six or seven where it's just me and not, you know, like I said, not where somebody's in front of me or I'm, you know, kind of cam camouflaging myself. You know? Do you, do you remember the inner dialogue in your mind when you were at your heaviest? In terms of like your, the way you saw yourself at your, in, like in your body. You no, know, there just became this big disconnect. I, I, that I just didn't feel like myself anymore. Like I, I didn't recognize kind of who I saw in the mirror. That was just a very different, you know, I mean, like you know, you're looking back, you know, a lot of years, I feel like, you know, now at 56, I feel more like myself, like who I, who I knew I was or who I, you know, kind of had in my head than I did in my thirties. And so that's, a, you know, that's an, an interesting thing. I just sort of felt like, I think there's a sense that yeah, you know, as you get older, you're going to put on weight or oh, after you have kids. And, and, and I kind of really like fought back against that once I really, um, you know, found what worked for me, I guess. 
Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting topic. The whole um, having babies. I mean, it's something that you know I know women struggle with. Obviously, it's 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 a much bigger struggle for women because your body's when you go through you know pregnancy, your body's obviously going through all these changes. How is that for you? Um, you know what was really tricky was I had lost uh, you know because people always say like how long did it take you to lose you know almost a hundred pounds? And I said I had my aha moment after my first son. And then I wanted to have more children. So I had lost about 50 pounds and then had to make the decision, you know, do you, do you, you know, how much longer do you want to wait? You're getting older. Um, so I had my second son. And then after I had him, you know, I, I kind of worked out through the whole process and I, I watched what I ate as much as I could, you know, like, I mean, there were times, yeah, I definitely remember craving brownies, you know, but the, <laughs> um, I said the first son was for some reason, rice pudding and lobster and cherries. And the second one was definitely brownies. But the, um, but after I had him, I lost all of the weight. And got to like, you know, I, I was in the best shape. I was working out with the trainer and had done all, you know, really got to where I wanted to be. And then again, I decided, you know, I wanted to have another son. And that was scary for me. That was scary because you were where you wanted to be. And, you know, what was it going to be like on the other end of that? You know, and I don't I obviously don't regret it at all. I said, in fact, I joked that if I hadn't run out of time, I would have had a fourth. But, you know, that was a consideration of the like, you know, am I going to be able to lose this again? And um. And, you know, I, like I said, I worked out through, especially through my third pregnancy, I was very active and, and really tried to just stay on top of, you know, what, what would work for me and then get right back on the bandwagon, you know, after I had him. Wow. So, so after, so this, after you got into shape after your second son, that's when you were, that's when the biggest, that, that was, sounds like it was a bigger dilemma because you were at the place you always dreamed of being. Where, where you wanted to be. Exactly. You know, so that was, that was it. I just remember like, you know, it was never really a question, especially because I had two boys and I was going for the girl, <laughs> but the, uh, which did not happen. <laughs> but the, um, but I always joked that I would have six more of the, uh, the third one. He's a great kid, but the, wow. um, but yeah, so I, I really had to like, just give that some thought as to like how that pregnancy was going to be, you know, be different. And, and I will say I felt better for the pregnancies where I was being more active and watching what I eat. Then my first son, where I, you know, I kind of didn't really do much. You know, I ate what I wanted, and I didn't. I don't remember being a very active person during that time. So, a, a question that I'm probably not qualified to ask, but but I'm curious because I, you know, I was actually talking to one of my sisters. I have five sisters, and one of my sisters had her second child um, recently, and we were talking about how from her first child, you know, it was the weight just kind of fell off after her pregnancy. She just kind of went right back to her weight that she was before she got pregnant, and the second pregnancy, the second the second baby, which is now um, she's about two months old you know, she's struggling a little bit more than it was, than she was the first time. I'm curious, like what you have, it sounds like you have some experience around that. Maybe you can share some, um, some, yeah, how that, how that works. I mean, I think the, my first son, um, was obviously when I was at my heaviest and, um, looking, you know, that was right about when I had my aha moment and started working out with fitness. And I still can't say the weight fell off. I I always feel like that it never falls off. I feel like every pound you kind of work for, um, the second son, you know, like a little bit faster, the third son, I will say, I think I had it down by then. It's, it's really part of who I am now. So I know what works for me and what doesn't. And I think that a lot of times people um, tell themselves they know what to do. In fact, I hear all the time, I know what to do. I just don't do it. And I always say like, yeah, I thought I knew that too. I thought I thought I knew what would work and what wouldn't work. And, and I really just came to realize how wrong I kind of had been with other things I tried, with other gimmicks, with other like, you know, 
whether or not you're limiting, you know, certain types of food or, or how you're eating. It's it a calorie, you know, they say a calorie is a calorie, but for me, it, re- it really was not the case. What I was eating was pretty important to how successful I was losing weight. So you, so you don't think it's biology, it's actually the food that you're eating and what you're doing? I think that it sets you up for failure in some, in some respects. I think that once you go back to eating normal, like if you restrict certain, like, I, I mean, Atkins or, or even keto, like, I think when you go back to like, you know, a regular lifestyle, it really needs to be something that's sustainable that like, that's how you eat. That's what you're satisfied by eating and not like a quick fix to try to lose weight and then go back to a regular routine. I also think that like for me, and I always laugh when I, you know, and, I, and I'm not trying to say that Weight Watchers isn't a good program, I, you know, but what their commercials make me crazy when they say like, you know, like oh, I can eat whatever, you know, I can have French fries and, and pizza and whatever and still lose weight. And I'm like, yes. And while that might be true, if you really paid attention to the calories and point all well, points, because that's what they do, you know, maybe you could lose weight. I can't have one piece of pizza. And I know that about myself. I can't have a small portion of French fries. It will just make me want to have more. Even now, even after all this time, I have to realize like, you know, you know, there's an expression like one's too many and three is not enough. And that's when, you know, that's when you have to have some self-awareness as to what triggers you and what doesn't. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier to stay away from something completely than it is to just, you know, have a small order of fries. Right. It's easier to have none. If I was was eating a small order of fries, I'd probably want to order five or 10 orders of fries. It just sets me up, you know, and I have a a running joke about like, you know, vodka leads to Oreos. I feel like certain carbs and certain things just, you know, spike your blood sugar and make you want more of whatever that is. So, you know, I I try to avoid that when I can. Yeah, that's um, it's a good strategy. It works. It definitely works. No, and I think knowing yourself is a big part of this. It sounds like you've spent the time to actually get to know yourself, how your body responds to certain foods, how right. it responds to certain exercises, and you know, with the commitment and knowing what works for you, it sounds to it sounds to really work. I, I'm curious about how you parent your kids around food because food's become such an important part of your life, right? And I know some, you know, some parents struggle with, you know, kids want sweets, want snacks, their friends are eating certain things, right? you know, and you being so aware of yourself and your body, and it sounds like you're an intentional person. How do you, how do you go about parenting with when I- it comes to food? I get that question a lot with the kids and and there's a couple of different things. One is I really tried for them not to make foods good or bad. I don't think I like to put, you know, put that label on, on food. I also don't like to make anything forbidden. And what I've seen in like my um, son's friends that come over is the kids that like whose parents I know don't let them have Oreos or don't let them have, you know, certain foods binge on that when they have the chance, because it's, you know, something they're not, you know, typically allowed to have. I always put food in terms of choices. So like if they wanted like a treat, if they wanted, you know, certain things like, well, okay, then we'll, you know, we can have that. And, you know, if we got like my, my youngest son is on what we call the milkshake tour. And it's like, it's really, it's so funny. It has its own hashtag and everything. And it's like, and he wants to find the best milkshake. And so we go to all these places and like, I, you know, I don't partake in the milkshake tour, but I will take him. But like, no, that's something he enjoys. And that's fun for him. Plus, teenage boy metabolisms are very different than mine. They, you know, certainly are very active and very fit. And, you know, they do a lot, you know, they all grew up playing, you know, soccer and fencing and and did all of these activities. And maybe, you know, as unfair as it might have seemed to me, can eat a little bit more than me without, you know, without it becoming a problem. I think one of the things I'm most proud of 
is that they didn't drink soda. And I think that that was the first time that they even like thought to ask to try. I gave them like flat diet Coke and said, here, you know, try this. And they said, that's terrible. And then my joke is, I guess you don't like soda. And I said, well, yeah, if you gave a kid an orange, you know, orange or grape soda, like when I was a kid, of course, you're going to like it and, and, and want to drink that. So that's my little, my little trick on the soda. So it was years before they realized, you know, that (laughs) maybe soda didn't taste quite as bad as they remembered, but it was, it was a successful trick that worked for a while. That's a, that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a, that's a good one. I'm curious about like, what other things you did to help them. Like, it sounds like you, they have a healthier balance around food. It's not like the whole labeling good and bad. It sounds like they right. have a much healthier relationship than, than most. Well, we, we cook, you know, I, co- I, lo- I love to cook and I always love to cook. So I, I cook a lot of meals at home. I think it's much more difficult to get healthier foods um, if you're not paying attention while you're out at a restaurant. So we eat at home a lot. I, I try to cook foods. I call it like almost like like a math formula. Like if you can reduce something, like I always say, orange, not orange juice or, you know, peanuts, maybe not peanut butter, although I do love peanut butter. So, like, But I always just try to say, like, kind of bring it down and I cook kind of simply. So it tends to be like, you know, lean proteins, like, you know, and not a lot of like sauces and, and gravies and things like that. And and maybe I let them have like the carb side dish that maybe I don't. But um, but they but they see me. And I thought what's funny is now that they're older, like now I see them like now I have a home gym, which I was really lucky during COVID that I that I have all of this. But I found that they were actually using it, too. And I was surprised. And I think they just saw that as being part of a lifestyle and tried and mirrored it a little bit. So they are watching, even if it doesn't always feel like they are. They are. That's such an that's such an important piece. Right? We all, you know, kids emulate parents. And if, you know, if the kids are watching you eat healthy, they're going to want to, they're going to want to eat healthier. Maybe not, maybe not perfect, right? right. Maybe, not, maybe not, you know, squeaky clean, all, all vegetables, which I think is, no. I think and kids I, need, kids need, kids need to experience what, you know, a milkshake they, they tastes to- like and. They totally see me like when I'm in my range and I always say I give myself three pounds of wiggle room. And I said, I certainly like now that I'm there, give myself treats here and there. I think, but the difference is like, I've chosen to have that. Like I have planned, like, this is what I want. And I always remember I was kind of, you know, coaching a little bit. Um, one of my friend's daughters, when she, she was maybe a freshman in college and she was trying to lose weight and we were at a, um, a birthday party and she saw me eat a cupcake and I, the look on her face, she just couldn't believe it. And I always said, oh my God, I said, it's not about never having a cupcake. It's about not always having a cupcake. And I just said, like, I, I realized like, especially in the DJ world, I was at fancy parties all the time. And so like, they were always letting us eat. So there was always a chocolate fountain. There was always like bacon wrapped scallops and then, and tons of food all the time. And I would think, yeah, some people are at parties on occasion, you're at parties all the time. And so it's not like a treat, a splurge when it's like becoming your diet of what you're eating most of the time. So how do you decide when to have that cupcake? Um, typically, you know, I have to say there's a lot of people frown on the whole scale thing and that you're not supposed to weigh yourself all the time. But I try to say, I really have no idea where I am if I don't pay attention. So I do weigh myself a lot and I give myself three pounds of wiggle room. And if I'm in that three pounds and something looks like, and I call them worth it, is it a worth it? Is it really, really good? And if it's really good, like I, you know, 
I want it. And I'll be like, okay, you work this hard for it. You can certainly have it. But I, what I won't do is just eat like, and I used to do this when I was heavy all the time was eat foods. And I'm like, I didn't even enjoy that. It wasn't the best cake I've had. It wasn't a good cookie. It wasn't, you know, like, and I'm, I just ate it because it was there. And I try to avoid that. I try to appreciate wow. the treats. And I, and there were still some things like, if I'm going to have a cocktail, that's a great example. Like I will have fit vine wine. And I love that because I can, you know, it's like much lower in calories and sugar. I still enjoy it. It tastes great. I'm not going to get a 500 calorie pina colada. That's just not, you know, to me, that's just not a worth it. I'd rather eat my calories than drink them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I, I, I'm the same. I, 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 that's why I don't have a lot of smoothies or protein shakes that I'd rather right. eat my calories. Because psychologically, there's a benefit to actually eating your food. You process it differently. You think about it differently. Totally relate to you on that. And I think the scale of it, uh, another thing, it's kind of like food, right? It's all, it's a case by case basis. I mean, I personally used to weigh myself every day. Now I don't weigh myself very much right. at all. Um, Cause I'm trying to, my whole thing is I want to focus on how I feel. feel so, exactly. And I, I will say, I know, but I truly am at the point now where I know what that number is going to say before I step on, but I do it because I just want to be mindful that I let things, you know, kind of go. And everyone always says like, well, you'd never gain that weight again. And I said, well, I didn't think I would get there in the first place. And I'm not, I'm not naive right. enough to think. It won't happen I, again. That, you know, I always say I'm afraid tomorrow is going to lead to never. So that's why when, when I say I work out all the time, you know, like, even if it's not a killer workout, and that's where I think, you know, people have this sense of that you're working out like crazy all the time. You know, maybe it's a walk one day, maybe it's just yoga, because I'm tired, I didn't sleep good, maybe, you know, it's, but, but it's something, it is something almost every day. Yeah, I guess that comes up a lot as well when you're especially a new mom with a toddler or two, or in your case, maybe three three kids. But you know, you probably sleep is not something that's going to be consistent, right? And I think sleep is such an important part to weight loss from a hormone standpoint, but also from like a mental sanity standpoint. Standpoint: if you right. don't get a good night's sleep, it's really hard to make you know your best your decisions from your best self, right? You're kind right. of just you know you're 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 feeling sleep deprived. You just need the energy. You just want to eat the thing. You have less willpower. You know, it happens to us all the time, but being in your position, it sounds like it, it, it's, you're more like, it's more likely to happen to you. Right. And I think that people mix up. I always say people mix up tired and hungry all the time. Oh, yeah. When you're, when you're exhausted, it just feels like you need something and what you really need is some sleep, but like, you feel like you'll feel better if you eat something. And, you know, I, I think that that's, and sometimes they, they always say, sometimes you're really just thirsty and drink water first. And I know that that's really hard to do. I, you know, like it's like drinking all the water that they tell you to drink is, is a challenge in itself. And you're just kind of like, I'm not thirsty, I'm hungry, but you know, really you, you probably are a little thirsty too. And so drinking water would not be a bad, <laughs> would not be a bad thing to try to do more of. What, what are some of your other strategies when you don't get sleep besides drinking water? Um, I probably just try to like, do, like I said, I, I do a lot of yoga and foam rolling when I'm really tired because I feel like I get very tense and I get that, like, you know, I, I always joke that I think this is like the hardest muscle in my whole body right here. <laughs> Cause you hold all your tension there. And I think when you're tired, that just makes you feel like, you know, more stressed out. So I just like on a tired day, maybe it is a little bit more yoga in the morning, some, you know, some foam rolling, drink some water. And I, and I try to do things to make water more enjoyable or go down a little bit better just because it's hard to just drink straight water. Sometimes it just doesn't, you know, like I always say, somehow you can polish off half a bottle of wine pretty easily, but, get, but getting in all that water seems like a challenge, you know? So I have like this crayon water mixture that I make. That's a popular, um, 
thing on my on my Facebook page of, of how to make that. And then I, I try to do sometimes I'll do like I you know right now I have the hint waters because those are like infused a little bit. I find those go down a little faster or I'll put frozen strawberries. I'll, I'll rinse, rinse strawberries and freeze them and then use them as ice cubes to try to make my own infused water and and try to get it in that way. Yeah, that's a, a hint is actually great. It's got real, real, um, real produce. I, I just was really surprised. I I think I I tried it a long time ago and it wasn't cold. I was at an outdoor event and somebody gave it as a sample and I was kind of like, yeah, it's not, yeah, okay. And then somebody like kept saying, you really should try this again. And I'm so glad I did because I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. When I, when it, one thing I do that may be helpful is like when I don't get great sleep, I have a different program that I suppose like I call it my game plan that I follow when I when I don't get a good night's sleep versus when I do get a good night's sleep. Like I intentionally will up my calories, eat more you know, carbs, carby foods that maybe even, even if they're vegetables, just more of it. So I know I'm going to satiate that That's craving. Really yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like your strategy of consistency. And I think people often get mixed up between perfection and consistency. And I think you don't get a great night's sleep. You get two, three hours. Okay. So what can you do? It's not about, right. I can't do it today. It's about like in your situation, foam yeah. rolling. That's a right. great, that's a great one for me. It's going for a walk. walk it's just about, right. just about not missing days. And you right. don't, when you don't miss days, then you're more often than not going to uh, be successful. And I think that's a really, that's a really, that's a really power, powerful point. I call them place marker workouts sometimes. Like it doesn't have yeah. to be that, you know, I worked, you know, cause I do a lot of weight training and I love it. That's what that's like really was like where I found like my, you know, like what worked for me, but not every day is going to be like my heaviest weights, my like biggest, right. you know, like just, just, it just keeps me like the same way you brush your teeth. Every day, just do something, you know, like that's you sure. Know. So, so what are, um, what, what's the program that you're following now? Are you, why do you just eat? Cause it sounds like you have a interesting, I, you know, uh, food I kind of just did like, I, I kind of learned as I went and I figured out what worked for me. And I always try to qualify that because people love to tell you, like, like I'm a big, you know, I've had a Luna bar every day for breakfast for a really long time. And people love to tell me there are healthier bars. There are less calorie bars. You can make your own bars. That's not really a good breakfast. You should have eggs. I'm like, yes, but this is what I found that like makes me happy. Like it's what, what works for me. I'm like, I feel full. I'm happy with it. I look forward to it every morning with my coffee as I check my emails. (laughs) Like, so that's like, you know, I started, you know, I stopped my workout and then when I'm done, I make my coffee in my Luna bar. And then I have my routine that I start for my day. And then probably around maybe 10 or 11, um, I will have a snack. Now, maybe that's a little bit of yogurt. Maybe that's a protein shake once in a while, um, you know, but there's like, or some almonds, that's like a snack in the middle, you know, like the middle of the morning. And then lunch can be, you know, a variety of different things. I mean, sometimes I make these savory oats that's so, so it's like an oatmeal, but it's more like a Mexican rice, or I'll do a salad with some grilled chicken or some, you know, some, maybe some turkey or, you know, even some avocado and cottage cheese, something like that. And then like maybe lunch in the afternoon is like another snack. Maybe that's some fruit or just another like more. I mean, I tend to, I have to say I love nuts. <laughs> so I work a lot of nuts into my, into my, uh, because I find them very satisfying. And I say if cashews or almonds were celery, you know, in calorie content, I could, you know, I could do this all day. <laughs> Unfortunately, you do have to watch like, you know, there's the calories add up on those. And then dinner tends to be some sort of lean protein, whether it's like, you know, chicken breast, or I like, I like bison. Um, I'll do turkey. I mean, I try and I'll do seafood, but two of my kids are allergic to seafood. So I, I tend to, if I'm cooking that, that tends to be just for me um, or not, you know, not maybe for not for the whole family. 
Um, there's always a lot of vegetables and I like different kinds. So I try to like, you know, we have a farm share that like, I never know what they're going to bring. And so that's always kind of fun for me to try different things. Um, as far as the carbs go, like maybe I'll have a, a small sweet potato, uh, some brown rice. I really do try to avoid pasta bread. Um, just the, they just don't really do great things for me. And I mean, I, not that I will never have them. If I do, I tend to do the whole wheat or, um, like the chickpea pasta, things like that. And, and then I try to like cut it off at that point. I try to be like after dinner, that's, you know, that's it. And then maybe I'll, you know, make a cup of tea. Um, I really like total tea. That's like a tea I'll have at night. Um, and I just try to say like eat after eight, gain lots of weight. So like that's my little, you know, like I try, I try not to eat late at night. I try to give my body a chance to just kind of wind down. And when it is sleeping, rather than trying to digest a big heavy meal that I had, just kind of like, you know, to focus on like, you know, feeling better. And if I'm having a snack or a treat, you know, there are like there are healthier snacks you you can you can buy or make yourself. I do these um chickpea blondies that come out like just like really blondies, like they're delicious. Even the kids like those. Um there's um, rice works chips. There's like, you know, just, you know, different things, but I try, I try not to go too crazy. Like, especially midweek after dinner, I try mm. to make it that I had my dinner and I'm done. What do you do when you feeling like you want to, you want to binge? I know that moment comes up for a lot of us, myself included. Well, if I'm trying to prevent it outright, I try, I always say, brush your teeth. That's always kind of my wow. thing. I, I always say like, if you brush your teeth, or some, sometimes I joke, I bleach my teeth. Sometimes I'll put like those like white strips on or something. And that'll, that'll at least get, get me over the half hour, you know, half hour, hour, you know, that I won't be able to, to eat something. Um, just because sometimes you just have to get over that, like that hump of that you, that's what you right. wanted to, wanted to do. Um, other times I think that it's really dangerous when you try to like substitute, because sometimes if you really want one thing and you have like, I'm going to have a peach or an apple or something, and that's not really what you want. You kind of have to have that talk with yourself. Is this, you know, is this going to satisfy what it is, you know, that I, that I want to have. So that's kind of my strategy when I'm, when I'm looking at it, I have certainly had, and it tends to be, I, while I joke about the vodka leads to Oreos, it does tend to be if I've had a martini or if I'm doing something that I do tend to go off track a little, you know, a little bit more. I'm like, I, I try to avoid Mexican restaurants because of that magically refilling to a tea basket on the table. And I said, it just never fails. If I get, you know, if I get the cocktail and that basket is there, I'm like, I'm uh, all bets are off. So that's it. But I know that about myself, so I try to uh, I try to steer clear of the uh, clear of those when I can. Yeah, it sounds like you got a lot of discipline. Do you, Do you have any uh, cheat days or celebration meals or anything like that? I don't. You know, I I, I remember talking to um, Steve Burton, and he's an actor who started a nutrition company, and I loved his response to when somebody asked if he had a cheat meal, and he said, "I don't like to call it a cheat meal," and he said, "Because who are you cheating yourself?" Why aren't you, you know, and I, and I started to think about that and like people think about like, you know, cheat meals, but aren't, you know, cheating yourself out of feeling better. And I really, really, truly try to tell people focus on how you feel after you eat. There are definitely times I eat things I shouldn't, you know, not shouldn't be eating, but are not the healthiest of choices. And I always feel bad afterwards, not guilty, physically don't feel well. My fingers are puffier. My ring doesn't fit. I'm achier. Like it just, there's just nothing about a really heavy, starchy, high sugar meal that makes you feel good. And that, you know, that's kind of the, you know, that's really the truth of it. But I definitely, you know, if I'm, if it's my birthday and I know I'm going to have, you know, cake for, yeah, or if it's an occasion that I want to have something special, then, you know, I'm not going to not have it if I really, you know, want to have that. Just not always. 
Sage advice. Sage advice, Charlene. Thank you for that. That's awesome. So what I, what I would love to do here is um, we're getting close on time. I would love to wrap up with a few uh, rapid fire questions. I'm just going to, you know, shoot from the hip here. A couple of things I want to ask you and you can just, whatever answer comes up, you can, you can, you can go for it. Uh, is that cool? Yeah. All right. Awesome. So what's the worst advice you've ever heard somebody give to somebody who wants to lose weight? I think the worst advice I've heard is when people um, talk about the, I just need to jumpstart it by doing some crazy thing. And like, you know, whether or not, you know, I, I don't know that much about intermittent fasting or keto or anything, but I do know that whatever you're picking shouldn't, if there is no jumpstarting it. There's no, you're going to have a rapid, like, you know, really quick weight loss. And then that's going to launch you into success. I just don't believe that. I think that it's going to be something truly sustainable. In fact, almost starting out slower to me is better because you don't want to give up. You don't want to get a few days in. And I, I give the example all the time. People um, do good all week. And I'll, we'll say, good, you made all the right choices. You worked out. You did great. Now it's the weekend. And maybe you lost two pounds because you were very disciplined. And now it's the weekend. And you're like, you know, I earned this. I deserve this treat. And then you have a couple of cocktails or then you pick like, you know, then you go for ice cream or you may, you know, have some extra. And then you get on the scale on Monday and you've either gained all the, that you lost or maybe it's not even real weight. Maybe that's just you had higher sodium foods and you retained water. But it is going to make you get discouraged and give up and say, that's it. Nothing works. Nothing I do makes a difference. I don't know why I try. So I think that that's really the. Uh, it's going to be, a, you're in it for the long haul. It's not a quick, there's no jump starting. Yeah. I love that answer. And I think it's like, you want to do things and commit to things that you could, you can see yourself doing forever. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Second question for you is you're going away, traveling, you're, you're about to go on a trip. You don't know what they're going to have. What kind of food is going to be available to you? What do you bring with you? Um, I always try to bring my Luna bars with me. Um, and for those of you who don't know, a Luna bar is a protein bar, yeah, right? It's a, little, but, it's a little protein bar. I, I love those. So those, those are my, those are my favorite. I try to bring nuts with me so that I, so that I have those. If I'm traveling though, I actually wrote a great travel blog and, uh, I used to joke that this waiter affected my vacation mentality because I used to try to do, you know, like as, as good as I can, even on vacation. And then one time I was debating whether to get an appetizer and he said, why not? You're on vacation. And I thought, you know what? He's absolutely right. I am on vacation. And I said, so it's not everything. It's choices. Like, so, you know, like when I was in Bermuda, they make rum swizzles better than anybody else. That's just a fact. You know, like, so there's some secret ingredient they're not sharing with the rest of the world. And so when I'm in Bermuda, I'm going to get a rum swizzle and I'm not going to feel bad about it because I, I'm on vacation. I love that too. One thing, not everything. Right. That's a good quote, Charlene. Uh, Charlene quote. Um, okay, so my next question for you is, what is one thing that you wish you would have known when you started this weight loss journey? I think 4,000% as a woman, you gravitate towards cardio for workouts. Anytime I had tried to do any kind of fitness or exercise program before, it was always like, you know, aerobics, a Zumba class. Uh, and not that those aren't, you know, good calorie burning things to do, but the magic for me was in weight training. It was really something like, you know, bulk up, you, you really, you build more lean muscle mass. It's so good for you in so many ways. It, it improves your bone density. You burn more calories even after you're done with your workout. I, if I really could have gone back, that would have been the advice. I would have said, start weight training much, you know, much sooner than you did. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all about that too. Weight training, weight training, when building bigger muscles helps burn fat, it just, there's so many, there's so many benefits. 
Oh, uh, that's awesome. And and my, my last question for you is, what is one area of your life where you are feeling full in right now? I would think in my in my writing, I, I really, I would never intended to be, you know, a blogger and writer. And, you know, I, I originally just started out, I had a little small Facebook page um, that I was just giving, you know, some friends, actually, friends advice. And I never expected that to kind of launch into its own its own thing. And then people said, oh, you know, you really need a blog. And I'm like, okay. And I always love to write. And that's why I went to law school, but really being able to like, you know, flesh out a story that you don't get to do on a social media post or really like talk about what you want to talk about. And then I've had the opportunity to write for women's fitness and write for some other publications and really like get it to, you know, more people, you know, so that that's been really gratifying. And I hear from people and that's, I think a key thing for me is I've heard from people like, literally around the world that some part of my story resonated with them something about what i said made you know made them start their own journey and i always like to think i took that one moment of nastiness where that lady was so mean to me and really channeled it into something good i you know so that's i can't ask for more than that wow that's awesome hmm well, I think that's uh, I think that's a wrap here. I, I'm I'm curious before we wrap up, what is it that you would like to share with the audience if you haven't shared it yet? So I would say that if they want to check out my blog at fbjfit.com or I'm on Instagram and Twitter at fbjfit and on Facebook it's fbjfit but with a space in between the fbj and the fit. And um, you know, I try to share you know uplifting, encouraging messages, and you know, I really enjoy doing it. So I would love to come say hi. Love that. Well, Charlene, thank you so much for joining today. It's been a, it's been a pleasure chatting with you and I'm so stoked for this journey that you've been on and everyone that you get to inspire along the way. I think your, your journey is really, um, really inspirational. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thanks for Thanks. joining. Thanks for having me. Hey, one more thing before we say goodbye. My goal is to make Feeling Full the best possible podcast you listen to, and I love your feedback. If you have comments, ideas for future shows, guests, or topics, or just feedback in general, you can email me at m@feelingfull.com. You can also find out more about the show and all the past episodes at feelingfull.com. And if you found this episode valuable, please share it with a friend or leave a review. Until the next episode, take care, be well, and feel full.